Hey, I'm Gem Supernova and welcome to my DIY handbook. So I've learned so many things throughout the years on my journey as a freelance creative and sometimes I just really wished I had a place where I could go to hear the experiences, the processes and the decisions of other people like me. But most importantly, I really wanted to hear the lessons and the mistakes. So that's what this is. Each episode, I'll be sharing a lesson that I've learned along the way. I'll be honest in sharing my stories of when things haven't gone right and the solutions I've worked out. I'll be joined by a host of inspiring guests who have either been on a similar journey or had the answers right away. We'll be discussing how to build a team, persistence, the power of no, evolving and so much more. Disclaimer, this podcast was recorded at the end of 2020 and the first few months of 2021. So if you hear references to last year, don't worry about it. This episode is all about friendship. Now, you might be thinking, what has friendship got to do with me being a boss and navigating my career? This is what I want to listen to the podcast for. But I think there's a thin line between colleagues and friends and the people that you interact with on your journey constantly. So many people go into a workplace or interact with people and suddenly, before you know it, they know everything about you. Now, not all of these people are going to become lifelong friends, but for the ones who do, how do you nurture those relationships when you do similar things? How do you support one another without compromising Competition seeping through, and how do you find the balance between your friendship through work and genuinely being there for one another in personal times of need? Katura is one of my best friends. She knows everything about me. We've raved together, holidayed together, and cried together. We met through work at the BBC, and we both are DJs, do radio, and have a keen interest in music. And throughout my journey, she has been a constant. It's a relationship that takes work and effort, but it's worth it. Here's how we've made it work and gotten through the bumps in the road. So Katura, I want to start with how we met because I feel like we have two different versions of this story. Yes, yes, we're going here. We're starting here. Okay, so I was a young something, 20 something, not even, yeah, 20 just something, (laughs) just turned 20 and working at the BBC. And I had been told by a friend that in another department was going to be a lovely young lady that was working there who I'm going to get on with and that they had known them from Manchester and that I should go up and introduce myself. So I was like, sure, I'll do that. Why not? I like to make new friends. So, you know, I go in this building and up I trundle up to their floor and then I go over and I'm like, hi. And she was like, hi. I was like, um, Chrissy said to come and say hi. And you were like, hi, <laughs> how are you? And I was like, yeah, cool. I just thought, I just thought, I just thought I'd say hi. That's all. And then I just thought, she's so standoffish. Jeez, I'm not coming back up here to say hi to her again. And then maybe it was that day or the following day, um, said lady on the call with me right now on the, on the podcast, came down and was like, do you want to go for lunch? I was like, okay, I don't know. If you, I don't know if you like me or not, but I'm going to give it a shot. And that was the beginning of our friendship in my head. Right to you, how did the story go? Ah, here we go again with this story. Right. So, as you said, we had a mutual friend who I know from Manchester, Chrissy. Chrissy had said uh, to me, you know, I know a friend. I got a girl who works at uh, one extra called Jamila. She really loves. I think you guys will really get on. Cool. I'll keep a lookout for her. One day, this girl comes to my desk and says, oh, hey, you know, I'm Jamila, a uh, friend of Chris's. I was like, oh, cool. N- cool. Nice to meet you. But, you know, she went off. We said, yeah, maybe we'll do lunch at some point. In my head, I thought, oh, that's quite nice of her. She seems cool. Didn't think anything of it. Did not think a thing of it. Got back over my day, carried on with my job. And then, I don't like you said, the same day or maybe the day after, I sent you a message saying, oh, like, you know, do you want to go for lunch? Like, 
thinking, okay, this person seems cool. This, this, this could be the start of a friendship or it could be nothing, but she seems cool. So let me, um, let me, let me hit her up. And yeah, I feel like it was maybe not straight away, years later, hearing your version of events and trying to make out like this was some hostile, some hostile felt environment. Like, yeah. That's what it no. felt like. There's a war zone. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> I feel like definitely as time's gone on, you, you know that my, my personality and the way I, the way I am is very like, I'm just cool. I'm pretty, pretty yeah. laid back in most situations. Like if there's something to get excited about, Maybe I'll get excited. If there isn't, I'm kind of just the way I am. And in my house, oh, that's a really nice thing for us to do. Like, that was cool, you know. I've just got here, don't know anybody. It was a really nice thing to do. She seems cool. And then, yeah, didn't think of anything of, anything of it. And then it's really interesting to hear your perspective when you tell the story. Um, and, yeah, it just sounds like we've met two different people. Well, but- I think, do you know what it was? I was taking, I think, I, now I know you, I know how you speak and I know mm. your tone of voice, which, yeah. is, which, which is quite like, yeah, to <laughs> the point. Yeah. So now knowing that in hindsight, I was pop, you were probably being nice, <laughs> being I, friendly, I think being I was, open. Yeah. But the way that I, I sort of took it was like, wow, she's really like, she's not giving me much here. Like yeah, I'm trying, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah. But long story short, after that, we spent pretty much after that lunch, we were pretty much inseparable. And I think what was amazing was, um, and maybe it wouldn't have gone down like that had you have been a Londoner who would have had, you know, mm. your own your own set of friends um, or your own sort of, uh, I guess you were, new, you were new to the city. So yeah. I kind of was able to be like, I'm going out tonight. Do you want to come out? And we basically yeah. for the first sort of like couple, well, for the first couple of years of our friendship is like, we raved and we partied and we went out <laughs> if it was a Wednesday, if it was a Monday and you were up for everything, which was amazing. Yeah. And, you know, because all my other friends that were sort of friends from before, they weren't part of this world that I was now a part of. So to have someone mm. to share it with um, was amazing. And, and I guess for you, I guess for you, like kind of like having an instantly having a motive or things to do when you are new to somewhere must have been really definitely. helpful. Yeah, definitely. And I think I feel like, I don't know, let's say we, that encounter happened on a Tuesday. I genuinely feel like by the Saturday, I feel like I'd stayed over at your house. I think we went out, we'd gone to a rave and I ended up staying at your house. Really and instantly. Yeah, 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 straight away. And I think I then remember like hitting it off as outside of one extra from a music perspective. And, you know, that, those were like the, the height of the SoundCloud era. And I used to spend hours and hours like digging for tunes and like, you know, there was this, these emerging sounds like future R&B and alternative sounds. I didn't really know anybody that was into that. So then when I met you and I'm talking about certain artists and like producers and you're saying, yeah, you know that person as well. I was like, oh, okay. So, okay, this is cool. I've come to this city, someone who works in the BBC. So, you know, I guess similar experiences in terms of like dealing with that as a workplace, but then also similar taste in music also wants to go out. I just got here. I'm down to go wherever. Like it was, yeah, but like, a match made in heaven. Um, uh, indeed it was. <laughs> and that was, again, another beautiful thing is that we were, we, yeah, like you said, we had similar taste in, in music. So going to see those gigs, going to talk about the things that we were discovering sort of at mm. the same time. And we both had wanted to start DJing at the yes. same time, which was, was another thing. And I never really had had that before where I had had an interest that I had shared so passionately with with someone else, you know, like as yeah. a, as a friend, I'd always had friends that were interested in other things, and we also, mm. you know, it was all very compartmentalized. Yeah. And kind of thinking like back to my childhood a little bit, 
the way that my older brother was, he would have, because of how he was quite sensitive, would be the right word to use, my mum had kind of made everything be like, well, that's Dario's thing. You know, you can only play football if Dario allows you to play football. You can only do this if Dario allows you because Dario's not good at everything and, you know, it might make him feel this and feel that. So then what that kind of did in my head was make me think of things as like, well, that's my thing. You know, so yeah. when I did have these friendships, it was all very, very separate because that was my thing. Mm. I did the music and I did the radio. So on one hand, it was amazing to meet someone who was interested in similar things. And then on the other hand, in my sort of immaturity as well, it was a little bit, well, I was going to DJ too. Oh, I don't know that. That's, how's, that's interesting. How's, how's, how's that going to work? Yeah, how's that going to work? Which obviously, you know, in hindsight could sounds... Couldn't possibly both be DJs. No way. No, no absolutely not. No, definitely not. No, no, no. of course not. <laughs> Which is, you know, in hindsight, it's so, um, it's, so, it's so silly to think. But obviously there was also an age gap between us. And I yeah. think at the time, so I was 20, turning 21 and you were turning 20, 25. Yeah, 24, 25. Yeah, like, yeah, so I think in... When you think about that age gap in like in a normal and how we are now as in 30 and 34, 30 and 30, whatever, it, it doesn't really feel like an age gap. But I think then mm. did you kind of notice that there were, I guess, was elements of me that was slightly immature? Uh, I wouldn't say immature, but I think so in my generally, I think in a lot of my friendships, my role is sort of like the nurturer kind of person who listens, uh, gives advice. I guess I feel like generally more people come to me with their problems and vice versa. So I think even though our dynamic was a little bit different at the beginning because, you know, you're showing me around this new city and we're having all these new experiences together, I still kind of felt a little bit like an older sister, but it wasn't so much in terms of, you know, career or um, like, you know, going on this DJs being, uh, this journey as being DJs. It was just more in terms of, we had some wild nights out and (laughs) I always felt like, okay, we might get a little bit licked, but I kind of need to be less licked. <laughs> Someone's got to make sure you get home, you know? <laughs> like, let's be honest. Um, yeah, that's right. the dynamic of a lot of our, you know? Yeah, so I, from, from that perspective, <laughs> I always felt like, okay, cool. Yeah, we're going to have a good time, but I need to kind of just make sure. One eye out. Yeah, <laughs> One eye open. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think, <laughs> I think that definitely from that perspective, but uh, I think also... And I feel like that maybe the dynamics change a little bit now, but I feel like you are not, I don't think you always, I'm going to say quote unquote, stood in your power. I think you are talented, you know, have a lot to bring to the table, like know what you want, but don't necessarily always have the confidence. Mm. And I felt like it's my job to kind of be like, yo, like cheerleading in the corner, like you're doing this, like <laughs> why are you not doing this, you know, or why are you telling yourself you can't do that or why have you created this scenario of all the things that might not possibly happen in the situation when it actually might just happen, you know? And I felt like for a while, I think as you've got older, you've definitely become more sure of yourself and more confident. But I felt like at the beginning, I sort of like, that was sort of my role to be like, yeah, you, yeah, you can do that. Why not? Of course you can. Um, and kind of had, yeah, a bit more of a, uh, a nurturer's role, or I guess like an older sister. Yeah. I think yeah. kind of like analysed it perfectly in, in that sense, definitely. And that was something that I 100% would have needed, needed and still need all the time, but, you know, needed mm. especially then when you are still figuring out so much stuff. And in my head, you kind of were such a stoic person in like in my head you were very much stoic like this is so accurate yes it's stoic. Stoic is yeah so you, accurate. you never wavered in in who you were and what your abilities were or or or, or what your talent was and, and what you had to offer and I always kind of it liked being in in your orbit and liked being around that and I thought that was that was really important because if I think about again some of like former friendships and 
you know, when you're younger and stuff like that, you know, it's easy to be around people that can bring you down essentially or make you feel, you know, funny about things, even if they don't actually mean to. They just might, that just Mm. might be their, their, their sort of nature is just to sort of rib someone or, or not take it, not listen to people when they are trying to Mm. talk, you know. And, um, I had got to that point when I had met you that I was starting to be very guarded around who was around me. If I was going to be able to do and set out what I wanted to do, I would have to be very careful with who I told my dreams to. Right. Because I didn't want the interference of, oh, that's not good. That's going to be really hard. That's not good. That's not for you. Do you know what I mean? Um, So I, I had started to kind of, yeah. I guess pull back with the people that were around me, but then having someone like you where we could sort of like bounce mm. stuff off and talk about these sort of wild things that we wanted to do with no yeah. sort of um no sort of there was no yeah, no reason why it wouldn't happen or why yeah. we wouldn't be doing these things. So that that was definitely really, really important. I want to talk about um competition a little bit because yeah. you know when I was telling another friend that I was gonna do this podcast and uh, about this specific episode and um I was talking about, you know, the fact that, you know, we do so so many similar things. We both, you know, DJ, we both have radio shows, you know, we both have a keen interest in working um, in the music industry. And when I said about this episode, they were like, oh, my God, that is so perfect because that reminds me of me and -and so-and-so. Everybody has Uh, their person within the industry or whatever industry that you're in that is your Mm -hmm. friend, your peer, possibly your colleague. And yeah. what draws you together is your similarities. Yeah, but there's yeah. a way that you have to to navigate that as mm. as well. And again, I think, you know, a lot of it, I think for me was like the, the immaturity mm-hmm. side of things. And there was one, um, one incident that yeah. I remember. And this was the one time that we actually didn't talk for a while, which probably was only a couple of weeks, but felt like a long time. <laughs> didn't talk for maybe two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> and then we kind of had had it out with each other. And I just told this story the other day and I, we were cracking up about it, to, um, me and someone else. And um, basically we, we had been somewhere. I can't remember what holiday this had been on. Yeah. And you had your Serato box with you, your DJ equipment with you. Yeah. Um, just in case, you never know. Um, <laughs> and then you were, we were going through customs and I think um, you would get you got searched in your right. bag, and then the guy was like, "Are you a DJ?" And you were like, "Yeah." And then he was like, "Is she a DJ?" And pointed at me, and you were like, "No, no, no." And I was like, "But I was standing behind you, and I was like, oh, how dare she? How dare she say that I'm not a DJ?" Yeah. And I must have like probably held on to it. Must have. Must. I don't know. Maybe it was coming back, but I must have like you know, must have really got underneath my skin or whatnot. Mm. So I think I would. I was funny with you for a yeah. couple of weeks and then one time you, you was like let's go for a coffee you know I feel like you feel like you're being weird with me and I don't really know why mm. and then we we had a coffee and I and I think I brought it up and you were like I don't one I don't remember saying that and two if I, I still don't yeah if I, if, if I did now, yeah. say that it's probably because I just wanted to get through customs I didn't mm-hmm. want to add more heat to it and it kind of made me think about like the way in which you like separate the ego because really what I was doing was projecting Mm. essentially you know taking something that was said in that moment and projecting maybe I didn't think of myself as a DJ you know yeah. but it also sounds valid though if 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 you know it feels like your friend is disregarding what you do uh and has kind of tried I guess not tried to belittle but doesn't 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 hold you in the same regard that you hold yourself. I can see why that would be upsetting. Genuinely, still don't ever remember saying that. But you know, as you said, it could have been a case of if I said you were a DJ, then also he's going to try and search so, you. Yeah, and of course, of course. So let's yeah. just keep it moving. No, she isn't. Let's just keep let's just keep going. Um, but yeah, I do remember having the conversation. Um, 
And I also remember you saying, oh, like, you know, you thought that was kind of like it. We fallen out. That was the end of our friendship. And I was like, are you serious? Like, <laughs> over what, bro? Like, it's never that deep. Like, there's never going to be a time when we're not going to be a friend. Yeah. Like, this, this is basically family, you know, so you might not speak. You get upset with each other, but at some point you're going to figure it out because that's family. So in my head, I was like, you know, you kind of catch a vibe. You know when someone's off with you. At first, I'm always like, I'll let people come when they want to talk about something, I'm not going to force it out somewhere. Then it gets to a point you're like, mm, I don't think this person is going to be as forthcoming as we need them to be to move this situation forward, which is why I'll be like, okay, well, I'll go on, like, let's talk about it. But to me, I was just like, yeah, like, whatever it is, I, I can't imagine either of us doing anything that deep where we're like, no, nah, this person, I have to cut this person out of my life. Like, this is family. There's no, there's no choice here. Like, you're stuck with it. It's the end. You know? And I, I needed that. I needed to hear that because, again, that was the immaturity. Well, she does something I don't like, so I'm not going to talk to her anymore. And that's <laughs> it. Our friendship is done. It's over. <laughs> Bye-bye, bitch. <laughs> like, you know. <laughs> and you were like, no, sorry, it's not going to go down like that. You know, that's, that's not how I work. That's not how I operate. I'm, I think that shifted something in our friendship. I think it shifted. You was like, we need to be honest with each other. You mm. need to tell. If you feel like I'm doing this to you or, or I feel like you're doing this to me, we just, you just need to call it out and call yeah. it out, you know, you know, call it out appropriately. Don't yeah, don't let yeah. it stew. Don't let it fester. And I feel like that def- that definitely shifted something in us in the fact that now and from that moment forth, we are very very direct and, and yeah. very um, honest with each other. Which I think yeah. you need, especially again when you are doing similar things, you need to be able to give that person sometimes the hard the hard harsh reality. Yeah, no. yeah. You know, um, I remember a time when. Um, you know, we talk to each other, we call each other and we, you rant, you know, sometimes your friendships can get into yeah. a place of, 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 of ranting and you need to vent that. You need to get that off your chest. And I remember being, um, some, uh, someone that's actually a good friend now had gotten a radio show on one extra before me. And I was livid. I was livid. I wanted that show. I was seething. If I was a colour, I would have been green. I would have been full of jealousy. And you let me rant. You let yeah. me have a moment. And then you were like, right, let's stop that now. We're not going to talk about, we're not, no. we're not going to talk about that person. We're not going to speak bad about that person. We're not, we're not doing this now anymore. Mm. You've had your moment. You need to get over it. Yeah. And I needed to hear that as, you know, that was so, that was so, because it could have carried on. You could yeah. have been the kind of person that would have reveled in it or be like, um, you know, it's, it's drama. It's, it's, egging it's, you on. Yeah, yeah, egging you on. Oh, did you know so-and-so's just done mm. this? You know, you need that person in your life to be like, because it's not constructive. Me yeah. talking about this person, they, they got the show fair and square. They're a good yeah. presenter. That's it. Yeah. Like, period. Obviously, yeah. when you're in that, in the moment, you're not thinking like that. But, you know, some people would have let you carry on and it'd be like, it's just it's just something to talk about, it's something to fill the fill the time with. Do you feel yeah. like there's a time with you that I've been that real that realist for you when you needed it? Do you know what? I think in general, and again, this could go back to the age thing. I think that I just admired like a freeness in the way you were. So like I said, you know, we spent a lot of time out. We raved a lot. We traveled a lot. We went to LA. We went to Berlin. We went to everywhere you can name. We went everywhere. We've done a lot of things. (laughs) And it was always, I think there's always a freeness in the way you are. And there's kind of, I think my default is, yeah, but, and the yeah, but is what, what's the consequence? What's going to be the outcome here? What could be the possibilities here? And sometimes you're just like, yeah, but now here in the moment, if we want to do it, let's just do it. And I think I really admired that about you. And that really helped me as a person to kind of like, you don't have to overthink things. Or Like I spend so much time in my head. You don't have mm-hmm. to overthink things 
all the time. Sometimes you don't know what the consequences are going to be. It doesn't necessarily mean that the consequences are going to be negative either. You don't always have to overthink some things. Sometimes just enjoy it. And I think I definitely took that away from, uh, from you. And I was thinking about this recently. So uh, I recently launched this social media strategy course through my agency, Forward Slash. And I remember she telling you about things. this. She's doing big, big boss things. <laughs> we're trying, we're trying. I remember telling you about this. Um, I, I want to say maybe March, April last year. And I was saying, you know, I want to do this online social media strategy course. I want to be able to like empower artists and, you know, teach them how to create their own social campaigns, et cetera, et cetera. And I was saying, you know, I've been like looking at different formats and, one of the ways to deliver it is like as video, but like, girl, you know me, I'm not really that person who wants to be in front of the camera. Like I just, maybe I can get an animation. You were like, girl, <laughs> get over yourself. Get over yourself. Like if you want people to buy into this, they're going to buy into you. And to do that, you're going to have to be on camera. And it's like, oh yeah, she's right. She's right. She's right. And it's like, there were definitely, there's a lot of those moments in our friendship where you're just like, babes, really? Like, really? And I'm like, oh yeah, actually, right. Like, yeah. I'm actually, I'm actually getting in my own way by not doing something or by doing something. And I think there's, there's been so many moments where it's been like, okay, yeah, John is right. John is right. And I think, again, that goes back to from the beginning of our friendship, because we've, we've come, moved through this industry together, moved through music and, you know, both of us into like entrepreneurship in slightly different directions. This person who always, always, always knows like what you mean, what's going on. I don't have to mm. over explain things. I don't have to break it down or I don't have to try and make you see my perspective because you don't really know what I'm going on about like it's this person who just knows like they've been on this whole journey with you and because of that it's like when I say something you get it so (laughs) when I say to you oh I might uh present this course as as an animation you're like no like absolutely not like get over yourself and get on camera because that's what's needed to do that's what's needed to make this thing successful and I think I've definitely definitely leaned into that a lot like over the years in terms of like okay, cool, stop getting in your own way, like get on with things. And that's that accountability to have with each other, isn't it? It's the kind of like, and having the, 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 the closeness and the openness to be like, mm. to actually challenge each other. Yeah. Because I feel like that is an important element of friendship is to challenge each other, to want the Definitely. best for each other, to, to want to further each other and to not try and, you know, quieten people's ideas, but to mm. enhance their ideas. Like, yeah. How can it be bigger? Like we have that kind of like two-way thing where it's like, if I tell you something, you're already thinking two steps ahead about how it can yeah. be better in a, in a good way. That's what you, yeah. that's what you want. That's why you've picked up the phone to call this person. You don't, mm. I, I don't want the person to be like, that is such a good idea. <laughs> yeah. And then there's nothing, nothing to do is like com- conversation done. Um, I want to talk about a time that we started working together. So we did a club night together yes. called Edit um, and it was a successful club night. We did some we did some great parties and some great events and that was with four of us. So there was five of us. Five. There was five, five of us that did this night, um, this regular club night in East London or in South East London as well. And we were trying to do something that was ahead of its time. Like if we'd have done it Definitely. like five years later, it would have been yeah. a smash. But at the time there was moments when we were like, why are we doing this? Like mm. nobody gets it. We're trying to do multi-genre, multi-genre club nights, which is now yeah. so normal. But then they'd be like, so it's going to be like hip hop next to grime. How's that going to work? <laughs> um, and there was five of us and then five also individual different friendship groups that were going on. Some people had known each other from college. Some people had known yeah. each other from uh, Manchester. Some people had known mm-hmm. each other through music. Like it was all sort of um, different lay or different dynamics, should we say. Yeah. But I think what I think was re- what was a good learning through doing that night together and having those different characters. It was like you had to leave your ego 
mm. at the door. And it was about compromise. Like three of us were DJs in that group. Yeah. So three of us were playing. And sometimes one of us ain't going to play that night. Yeah. One yeah, of us yeah. is going to play the short set. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. The next time around, it's going to be your time. And there was never any moment where you anyone felt like someone was taking yeah. the piss or trying to run yeah, with it yeah. or, or trying to be like, you know, be the be the be the boss of it. Like what yeah. was what do you remember about why that experience for, for us and our friends worked? I think you 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 touched on a good point there. It was very much about okay, what's the best thing for a club night? So, you know, when we're talking about like promo or trying to get coverage on this place or that place, you know, by then you were on one extra. So of course, like your 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 name is known, you know, more than any of the rest of DJs. So of course it makes sense to lead with you. Or, you know, it makes sense for me to do the warm-up set because, you know, the, the set that I'm going to play will lead better into the guest DJ set. Or, you know, I had more experience in creating content. So when it came to like assets and like design direction, then it made sense for me to take the lead on that. You know, we had another friend who was big on like Facebook events mm. and, you know, um, paid social. So it made sense for that person to do it. And I think that was a really good lesson in, I feel like, Without uh, digressing too much, I feel like what I see a lot of in the UK is everybody has similar ideas, but nobody really wants to work together. And I think it comes down to fully wanting to maintain control and also wanting to have this glory. And I think what Edit showed us is you can meet a group of people. You all actually bring, we all actually brought very different things to the table, like very, very different things to the table in a way that was complementary. And we sort of had um, a common goal, which was, you know, to make this a successful club night and this experience that we wanted to create for people. And I think what we were able to do there, even though, you know, it didn't carry on into the future for, for, for various reasons, like you said, I think we were definitely ahead of our time and kind of too forward thinking at that point. Um, It just didn't work with the London scene. But I think what we were able to do is like you said, drop all of the egos and work together for a common goal. And I feel like in the UK, considering like the size of this country um, and then London as a city, so many people are doing very, very similar things. But to me, like the, the natural option would be to just club together. Um, I'm, not, I'm sure there's lots of different factors why people don't, but I think that for me was that one instance of if you actually put your heads together and admit, ad- accept that everybody plays a different role, um, we're here for... The, the night for the music to promote these sounds and you play your part, then you can get something done. Yeah. Um, and I think what's interesting is beyond that, like you said, our friendship, like our career trajectories have been different, but it kind of is based around a lot of the same things. You know, we both have built as DJs. Um, you have Future Bounce, which is events and labels. I have So Future, which was uh, events, you know, DJ mixes and most recently like uh, labels. We, again, like I said, entrepreneurship, you're a business owner, I'm a business mm-hmm. owner. I feel like we've somehow managed to tread that path together um, in a space where maybe it should have been more competitive or technically it is competitive, but it hasn't. It's actually just enhanced what both of us are doing. Yeah. Um, it hasn't, it's not been to the detriment of our friendship or no. I've never felt like, you know, I can't, I can't share something with you about so future or an idea that I had because, oh, future bounce is similar. So you might take that idea. Like, I think we have very clear, we have very clear visions. You know, they still might be in the same spheres, but our visions are very clear and slightly different in a way that is still almost complementary. And I think we both understood that you know, when you're this passionate about emerging music and new artists, like 
it only grows as a scene with multiple people involved. Yeah, so you, yeah. you one can't do it. Me one can't do it. This person by themselves can't do it. A scene, you know, is a collection of uh, collaborators and groups and people pulling together in the same direction. I think that's what we've been able to do with our friendship. Like, like you said, that what first cemented our friendship was the the career path and the shared interest in in music and new music. And throughout that, we've still been able to. So both grow our careers in a way that hasn't been, yeah, detrimental. You know, we've, we've had times where like you've played at a festival and I've just been there to support or at times we've done, we've gone up, we've gone back to back, you know, we went back to back at best of all, we've yeah. been opened up for diplomas. Yeah, major laser. Like we have yeah. those moments, but then there's also moments where you're at a festival and I'm just there to chill. Like I'm yeah. in the background, like cheerleading. And it's or on like your club night or I'm coming, yeah. you know, or vice versa. Yeah, it's so, and I really do believe it's about, that is, it. that's it. The reason why it works is the ego. Mm. And I really think it goes down to like putting that ego to the side and, yeah. you know, and communication, because I think it could be very easy as well when two people are doing something similar to not talk about the things that you're doing and yes. kind of hold stuff away and be like, I'm not going to tell that person because then they're going to try and do it or, you know. And then that lack of communication obviously kind of pushes you further further apart. But where we uh, talk yeah. through everything and everything that we're doing, and also it's the knowledge as well. It's like, again, same starting points, similar visions, but different approaches and everyone's yeah. different. <laughs> yeah, and it's like knowing that there's room for everyone. Yes. There, there is. And that I feel like that's something that I've really had to kind of, you know, definitely unlearn along the way. There is room for everyone. And you're not mm. the most original person, love. You know, your idea is not <laughs> that not, original. It's been done before. Original. Nothing. Yeah. yeah. Once you kind of get that like in your head, it, it makes it, it makes it, I think it makes it a much more enjoyable life. And like you said, yeah, the collaboration of thought. I do think it's generational though. I do think if you speak to a lot of people sort of around our ages, mm-hmm. that was the school of thought to own it, do it yourself, yeah, yeah. make it, it's all about you. Whereas yeah. looking at the next generation, we, we have both a great, you know, mutual friend called Dana and what she's done with her collective spirit of mind, you know, is, is, is incredible to watch and to see. And it's like, yeah, you're right. Actually, who knows what, you know, in hindsight, who knows what could have happened had more Mm. people of have checked their, left their ego sort of at the door and and collaborated. But, you know, friendship takes like balance, isn't it? There's, there's times when we need to support each other Mm -hmm. in different ways. And there, there may be times when, you know, something might be happening and maybe for for the next couple of months of conversations, that's what the, conver- that's the next couple of months of phone calls or whatever, or when we meet up, that's what we talk about. Yeah. And it might be like the jam show, <laughs> you know, yeah. and then, but then the next six months, it might be, it might be the K2 show. Like you have to kind of be able to have that balance. And I'm thinking about you over the last two years of building this business, which you mm. started from scratch, yeah. which was meant to not actually be a business, which you turned into a business. <laughs> yeah. You were just going freelance as a digital you know, person. And now you've got this whole agency. How important has friendship been for you on this journey? Everything. Like when I say everything, like to my close circle of friends, like I owe you lot, like my sonny, because they're, the learning curve has been so steep mm. and there are so many parts of it that are just, unexpected, unanticipated, and you, you're out of your comfort zone so much. And there's times, like, if you really want to, like, figure out who you are as a person, honestly, like, start a business. <laughs> start a business or go freelance without a safety net like that. You really learn who you are as a person. And I think your friend, my friends have just 
everyone is constantly like the voice of reason. Like I said, I spend a lot of time in my head. I'm a, a thinker, an overthinker. Um, I'm all things over a lot. And I, I guess a lot of the time I'm probably just repeating myself in the conversations that I'm having internally. And then you speak to your friend and straight away you've got perspective, you know? And I think one thing that I'm not great at doing, I don't know, probably still, still need to work on this some more, is kind of just acknowledging where you're at, what you've achieved. And I think the, the interesting thing is, I say this to you all the time, Jams, I'm constantly saying to you, like, enjoy this now. Like, you know, yes, you want to be, you wanted to be on the lineup for Glastonbury, but you also did X, Y, Z, A, B, C, D, E, F festival. Like, mm-hmm. enjoy that, you know, that's still, you've still leveled up next year. It might not have been the right time, this, that. And I'm really good at saying that to other people, but don't really recognize it myself. So when you ha- having a down moment, you have a, and, you, and then you speak to one of your friends, and they're just like, yeah, but you've done this and you've done this and you just did a campaign with this uh, brand or this label. And you're like, oh, yeah. And you employ people. So you understand that you're a leader now and you're like, oh, yeah, that's a good point. And you figure that out and you're like, oh, yeah, OK, that's fair. So I think my friends have like through the, the whole process have just been a constant voice of reason, like the, the people that remind me like where I'm actually at um, and what. The, the distance that I've come versus where I'm in this very moment where I'm kind of like in my feelings about it. So yeah, there's no, <laughs> there's no, um, there's no comparison there in terms of like the importance of having like solid friendships and people who are actually A on one side going to remind you of where you are, but B also pull you up when you ain't, you ain't acting right and you need to kind of modify your behavior and what you're doing in order to push forward. Cause it can be so easy to go inward as well. It can be, you know, so easy to be like I'm dealing with something right now and I'm sure mm. this pandemic has kind of I guess highlighted that to some people some people have gone increasingly inward and almost not talking to, to anyone yeah. you know so if you're going through something and then you start being like oh I'm just gonna do it on my own I'm just gonna do I'm gonna do it myself you know mm. and I just yeah it's such an unhealthy place to be in because like you said like your brain is not actually your friend sometimes Mm. (laughs) like it's actually your your biggest your biggest enemy and I feel like having the sounding board to talk about it even if it sounds stupid yeah like even if it's like the most ridiculous thing (laughs) ever or the most awful hideous thoughts that you could think is like actually just getting it out like I know I shouldn't be thinking this but this is what this is how I feel yeah this is what I'm thinking and having the freedom to say it. And it's like, you, you feel so much lighter on, on the other side. And I feel like that's something that everyone kind of needs if, if where they can have it is, 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 is knowing when to like just open up and just be, be honest, be like right now, you know, I'm struggling. Or, or even if it's like a small thing, like a small, like logical thing that you don't know the answer yeah. to, someone out of it actually will probably have a, a clearer, a clearer idea. Mm. I think you, um, you picked up on a good point there in terms of, the you know this pandemic and the situation that we're in like I said I feel like generally like my role in in a lot of my friendships is as the person who listens the person who advises the kind of like the non-judgmental ear um and this year I felt like oh I need I really need someone else to be that for me like you know you have moments where you, you like generally through life you know where you feel a little bit down or you're unsure or whatever but like everything is so heightened now and there's definitely been more moments where I felt like oh I definitely need to bend someone's ear I need to I need to offload um or I just need to I just need to be able to talk to someone about this and I've definitely leaned more into that and I think with us like we 
have like now been super militant on like, cool, Monday, check in, where yeah. you at? Where's your head at? Where are you feeling? What are you working What's on your this goals? week? What are your goals mm-hmm. for this week? What are we smashing? Like just making sure like we're there, like, yes, all this madness is happening around us, but we really need to make sure like we've got each other's back and we're still focused on achieving what we start to achieve. Um, so yeah, that's been interesting um, in the pandemic to kind of feel like I've, and interestingly, it's not like I, I, I don't have like close enough friends where I can be that person, but I think it's just, maybe part of my personality as well. I've always just been a person who, like I said, is more of the listener than the talker, but like really seeing like your you close friendship group, like those people are there for you as well. So when you want to offload, then you can. But at the same time, like in the back of my mind, it's always like, well, it's a pandemic. So everyone's going through it. So what I have to say is like, when you compare that to someone else's situation, it feels trivial. It feels like it's something that you shouldn't be complaining about, but you know, still being able to freely like express those things to your friends and for them to be like, you know, that doesn't, whatever you're going through isn't minimized because somebody else yeah, is going it's through. It's not, not valid. Yeah, of course. It's yeah. 100% still valid. So I think, yeah, friendship, friendship above everything, man. Kato, it's been amazing talking to you and being like so candid and, and talking through um talking through our, our friendship. I think that um hopefully if you're listening, you're gonna be like you have a friend that you're the Keturah to your jams and you're the jam to your Keturah. What did nice. I say? I said the you're the um the miss it to my Timberland. Oh yeah, always. Yeah, always. 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 <laughs> Love you, babe. Love you, girl. Well, that was a little bit revealing, but I hope you enjoyed hearing about me in my younger youth and how much partying that I did. Yeah, very rock and roll. But I think it was really important for this conversation to be candid and for me and Keturah to kind of look at our friendship in an analytical way. Um, I really enjoyed hearing the stories about our youth, the ways that we helped each other through and kind of how we support each other now. And I think the bottom line for me is in that all of the things that we do now that we're really proud of, if we hadn't have had each other, I don't know if we would have gotten this far. So I think it's so important to have a friend who is your real ride or die. Thanks for being here for this episode of the DIY Handbook. I've been Jam Supernova. And if you like what you heard, then just let me know. Leave a review, talk to me on socials, and please, please subscribe because there's more great information, stories and advice to come in future episodes. This podcast was created by me, Jam Supernova, production from Amy Bennett, music and audio production from Sam Interface.